Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. Well, I'm glad to be with you. I hope you had great holidays and Christmas and hope you ate a lot and opened lots of gifts and blessed people and you were blessed. I built a trampoline in like 90 degree weather on Christmas Day, so that was awesome. So, you know, it's crazy though because we wake up to like 70 degree weather this morning and tonight it's going to freeze, so... There's that, and so it's amazing. In one day in Louisiana, you can get all the seasons. We are so blessed. Um, it's like, yeah, you have see all the seasons year-round. We have all the seasons in one day, so beat that. Hey, I want to do this. I know that there is a lot of sickness going around, different things, and I want us to... Um, you know, whenever something like that happens, um, it's like a lot of times with our words, we can start declaring things. And I think it's really important that as the church, we come into agreement for health and healing for our region, for our country. Amen. And so can we just do that? So, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for heavenly reality. I thank you that health and healing come from your hand. And so today, as your church, as sons and daughters who walk in your authority, we just declare over the earth health and healing. We declare over this region health and healing. We declare even now in every hospital room, in every, um, in every hospital, Lord, we just declare right now health and healing. In every home, health and healing. Over children, over adults, we say right now healing in Jesus' name. Jesus, you said it's only the enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but you've come that we'd have life and life to the fullest. So because it's your desire right now, we declare your desire in the earth, life and life to the fullest. And so we just thank you for divine health in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Whoop, I just spilled water. Awesome. Well, y'all ready for the word? You know, worship is awesome. It's what we give to God. And, um, but I believe that you need the word as well. Amen. You should turn to somebody and say, you need the word. And, uh, I believe the Lord put something on my heart this week. And honestly, I started typing and I felt like I was writing a book just because there was so much that came out. And I was like, Lord, this is what you're saying and doing in this time. And so I'm going to do my best to, like, I, I don't necessarily like to feel like I'm reading to you. But um, some of this I may just read to you because I felt like, I don't know if I could just say it better um, off the cuff. And so um, I do believe that we are living, as far as for the church, I believe we are living in the most exciting time ever. I believe... Um, I believe that this is a moment in time where we get to step into the full, fullness of who we are supposed to be in the Lord. I believe that the Lord is inviting us into the greatest adventure. I believe the life of every believer is meant to be a great adventure. There is no great adventure outside of the true life of the believer. I do believe sometimes, though, that we settle for a counterfeit. I believe we settle for something that has a form, but it denies the power. How many of you know that you were meant to live a life that was infused with the power of God and that is released with the power of God? How many of you know that you are a dwelling place for the very presence of God, and wherever you go, things have to change because you're there? It's the truth. And as we begin to actually believe that and walk in that, that's how kingdom comes. You see, um, today I want to talk to you about the church versus the kingdom. Not that they are in conflict, but I, I, I want to bring a lot of definition to who we are and to what the Lord's called us to. And in today's culture, even in today's church culture, I don't want you deceived. And I believe the Lord's constantly calling us higher. How many of you who have children want your children to be their authentic selves, who the Lord made them to be? 
when we correct our children, we tell them it is because um, we are correcting the things that we know they are not. We're not necessarily honing in all the time on the thing that they did, but we are pointing them to who they are. And I believe that's how the Lord corrects us. I believe that is the life of repentance, is where we live before him in a way where we say, Lord, I want you to define every aspect of my life. I want you to bring direction. I want you to bring identity. I want you to bring clarity to every part. It's what he does. It's what your life with him really is. And your goal is actually to become like him. You become what you behold. Whatever you're looking at, whatever you're watching, whatever you're seeing, whatever you're investing in is what you're becoming. It's why our lives are meant to be um, completely um, found in Jesus. Okay? Y'all with me? So, let me get going. Um, Jesus loves his church. Let me say that. He loves his church. He loves the church. He loves his people. Um, Jesus, though, talked more about the kingdom than he did the church. Much more. He talked much more about the kingdom than he did the church. So what is the church? Okay. Um, you know, we hear it as the church, the body, the bride, right? Um, they're all descriptions of his people as a whole is what the church is. Um, it's not a building, a denomination, or even an event that happens on Sunday morning and Wednesday nights. The church is his people. That's why I, on the front of the sign, outside I want to put underneath the wellspring, I want to put a meeting place for the church. Because this in itself is not the church. You are the church. It's where we, we, we meet here. Okay? And, there, and the church is meeting all over the world. Right? But I believe a lot of times we're saying, oh, I, like I, I, I don't, and, and this isn't to be like religious in any way, but it's like I believe that sometimes our, our, the way we talk needs to change. Like, it doesn't need to be, well, I need to go to church, or I need to find a church, or I don't like that church, or I like that church. It's, you are the church. And, yes, you find your people, you find your purpose. Okay? It, it can definitely mean that you can find a body of people that you say, hey, these are my people. What the Lord's doing among them, I love, and I feel like it's in line with what the Lord's saying to me. I believe that. But... As far as us having this idea that you are of this church or they're of that church, like, that's got to end. That is, you could call, uh, you know, we, we see there's hundreds of denominations. And I'm not saying, look, all, all I'm saying is I believe that it's so, the, to the Lord it's so much simpler. People are really good at causing division. It's what we do. It's what we shouldn't do, though. In him, the spirit of God is always bringing unity. There's a unity in the spirit. That's why there are many different gifts, but there's one spirit, right? There's many different personalities, but there's one spirit. Amen? And so I believe that the Lord is wanting us, he is wanting us to redefine some things. He's actually wanting us to let him define who we are so we can be who he made us to be. Because I believe that the church, I, I don't believe that the world I don't believe that the church should be peripheral to the world. I believe the world should be peripheral to the church. And another way to say it, I believe that it shouldn't be that the world is influencing the church. I believe it's the church that should be influencing every place of influence in the world. That's kingdom come. That's the kingdom. Doing church looks like us restricted and confined to what happens here in this building, being the church looks like carrying the very kingdom of God everywhere we go. So this is my, my, my heart for you. It's not that you are coming to find a church that perfectly fits all of your giftings and callings, but that you would find a people who that you can encourage and love and worship with and as you go, that you can be the church and release heaven on earth. We have to get it out of the mindset 
that if we, we think that, man, if, I, if, the, if the church organization would just do everything right, then my life would all make sense. I feel like for our house, I believe the Lord, what, whatever the Lord says for our house, that's what we're going to do. And it might not look like we are great at everything there is in the kingdom. I believe that's why we have different houses and different mandates and different callings. It's like, you know, I heard one pastor talking. He said, you know, I was sitting in a room of pastors, and he said, they begin to just kind of like criticize me for like the way we do things. Like, and, and he said, I feel like you guys, it's like you're criticizing Tom Brady for not being a great quarterback and a great wide receiver. It's like, why can't you just celebrate the thing that he is good at? He's great at that. You put him in a different position, he's a feeble man, you know. So what, for this house, we say, what has the Lord called us to? And we're going to do that. And here, uh, my, you see, in a place where the presence of God is made the center and, and his voice is valued, what happens is you can have a bunch of different people that have different giftings and callings, which is what the body is supposed to look like, but everyone can find purpose and everyone can be released in what they're supposed to do. We don't all have to look the same. We don't all have to do the same thing. You just have to hear the voice of God and be led by him. The Lord wants a mature church, which requires you to hear his voice and you to say yes to what he is saying to you. There are things that will happen corporately and there are things that will happen individually. You will never understand the corporate gathering until you have an individual relationship with the Lord. Until you are actually being discipled by Jesus personally, you will never understand what gathering corporately around Jesus looks like. So I am here today to say, let's change the way we think. Let's let God say, hey, if we're going to do this, if we are going to gather as the church, why not say, God, how do you want to do it? Because I believe he has a perfect plan. He has a perfect purpose and a perfect calling for each one of us. And I believe that the goal is that we, again, the church, as we go about our lives, is that we'd influence and impact every realm of influence in the world. I believe the education system. I believe business, family, sports. The arts, creative arts, I believe every one of those is that the Lord wants us to influence those with the kingdom. I don't believe that we are going to change the world within this building. I think we're going to have some really amazing times gathered together in his presence. I believe we're going to see awesome things. But the way we impact the world is that we carry what the Lord has done in us. And as we, anyways, let me, let me keep going. I'm going to be all over the place if I don't stay on my notes. So, the, the church is a living, breathing organism made up of individuals who eat, sleep, and breathe this one thing, Jesus. That's the church. Many of us have a lot of experience going to church, but few of us have experience being the church. See, going to church doesn't cost you much little gas, little time. If you're a parent, it might cost you a few hairs trying to get your kids here looking presentable, right? If you're really good at church, it might cost you being here a little early to serve part of a ministry. It might cost you 10% of your income. And I'm not making I'm not making light of those things. I'm saying they're all noble and good. But Simply going to church isn't the goal. Being the church, being baptized in his Holy Spirit, walking with him, seeking him, knowing him, carrying who he is in you so you can release him to others, that's being the church. Knowing him, walking with him, that's being the church. All of the things that he has available, that's being, and, and actually saying, Jesus, I receive that, that is being the church. And that's what you're called to. Going to church will never be enough. I, I wouldn't want that for like I wouldn't want that to be the the if for you it might be if I could just get to church. I'm like, come on, there's so much more. There's so much more than and look, I I'm gonna talk in a minute. I'm not like saying, hey, we're shutting it all down. Y'all need to go and be that's not the point. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. I'm gonna talk about why we gather. 
It's really important. But I'm just saying, I'm saying is the Lord, his heart beat is for the nations. His heartbeat is for all to know him. And while I love more than anybody, and, and it will be forever a part of my life, is that I learn to come and sit at his feet and be in his presence, and I love it the most whenever it's a room full of people who want just him. I love that. But I know that those moments awaken something in my heart to say, I've got to release this in the earth. Those moments cause me to say, I can't. I'll constantly come back to this, and I'll const this will be a constant in my life, but I've got to do something with this. I've got to let this flow through my life. I can't be inhibited by fear. I can't be restricted by religious duty. I have to be alive to him and bring others into life to him. We're all called to that in some way. It might look different, it might smell different, but we're all called to that. We are, have all been given the ministry of reconciliation, meaning to reconcile people to God, right? So, it doesn't cost much to go to church, but we give our lives to be the church. You see, everything that you want to come alive to in Jesus will require a death on your part. It will cost you something, but it's worth it. Jesus said if anyone desires to find their life, they got to lose it. Or they'll lose it. But he says if they, he's basically saying this, if you lose your life, for me, you're going to find life. And the life he gives is the only real life. So it's an upside down kingdom. You're like, oh, I gotta find life, I gotta find life. You're striving for life, you lose it. But when it's fully submitted to him and surrendered to him, your whole life, and you say, you know what, it's all yours, that's when you actually find it. You know, I wrote a song a year and a half ago and one of the lines is, um, who would have known um, how good it is to surrender to you? Like, who, who would have known how good it is to give your life away? Who would have known? Many times we're, like, searching, like, I've got to get this. I've got to make this. If this would just happen, if I could get this job, my children would straighten up, then everything would be good. If I just had more friends. If I, and I'm not, all those things are good, but they're only found one way. He's looking for our surrender. He's looking for the laying down of the way we do things to pick up his way, his leadership. It's the only way to life. Amen? So, to be the church is the goal. And while all the things I talked about that I was kind of poking at, the coming to church, the getting here early, your, your tithe and offerings, all those things, they're good. I'm, they're, they're not, it's not saying, hey, we just need to, erase everything and start, it's, it's this, is that all those things are good, but being the church means we are daily, utterly and completely dependent on Jesus for life. He is everything. It is the only way to have part of him is to be fully his. All right, so we are the body of Christ, right? Talks about we are the body. The Bible says that Jesus is the head. That means he is the thinker. He is the leader. He is the designer. He is the head. We are simply responding to him. If you're a foot, it's you moved because he thought it. It's his idea. And, and he's painting a picture. It's not saying that every day you wake up and you're like, I can't go get coffee unless Jesus tells me to. I usually need the coffee to wake up to him, you know. But it, it's, not, it's not some thing where it's like you're a robot. It's that he wants relationship with you. He wants, there is goodness in his leadership, okay? Some of you, you, you have an issue. You've got stuff going on, and you've tried everything, right? You've tried to do it. 
You've tried to figure it out. You've tried to fix your marriage. You've tried to fix your job. You've tried to fix your finances. You've tried to fix all the hurts, pains, hangups of your life. And Jesus, what he's saying is, he's, he's not making fun, but he's saying, I'll let you try as long as you want. But whenever you place it in my hands, we can get to work. Right? It's a surrender. Everything's in surrender to him. He wants to walk with you. He's not, he's not, he's not distant, he's, but he's, he's, the, the kingdom of God does not force itself on you. The kingdom of God is received. Everything in his kingdom you must receive. It's not like, oh, i got to get the kingdom. No, you surrender to it. It's not about, i got to be more passionate. No, you get around him and passion's not going to be a problem, but it'll be something you receive. It's not something that you just muster up because you felt like that's what would please him. What pleases him is your surrender. What pleases him is your brokenness before him. What pleases him is your life laid down before him so that he can give you what he gives instead of you trying to manufacture something. Amen? So, y'all good today? So, we talked about what is the church, so now what is the kingdom? Let me start by saying this. Jesus personally wants to disciple you. You can have lots of mentors and people in your life, but Jesus, he's the one. We are disciples of Jesus, meaning that we are disciplined learners. It means that every day we come to him, we learn of him, and we allow him to change the way we think. That's what it means to be a disciple. Discipleship looks like when Jesus called his disciples, what did they do? They immediately dropped their nets and followed him. When he calls you, the, the proper response is immediately dropping everything else to follow him. He's worth that. So I believe some of you today, the Lord is saying, I want you to immediately drop everything else and come follow me. I want you to drop your preconceived ideas. I want you to drop... Whatever it is that's keeping you from walking with him, he's saying, give that. Come follow me. Maybe for some of you right now, you're counting the cost of what that might look like. I'll tell you this, the cost is always worth it with him. Jesus said this. Let me, let me give us some scripture. I'm going to not give them in the order that I gave you guys back there. So... Um, can you go to Matthew chapter 13, verse 44 through 46? All right, there it is. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. That might not be. All right, I'll just read it. Got your Bibles, verse 44 is where we're starting. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. The kingdom is this. I'm willing to give up everything else for this one thing. And everything is found in this one thing. You know, in our way of doing things, there's many things. With him, there's this one thing that everything else flows out of. You find that one thing, and it's Jesus. He's it. He's it. So that's what the kingdom looks like. It looks like all the other things that are taking, that are distracting me, that are keeping me from this one thing, I'm removing those so I can have this one thing, and I'm letting everything else flow from that. I am not here um, telling you go quit your job, quit your family, quit everything and say, well, I'm going to let Jesus tell me if I should. I'm saying, I, I, what I am saying is to go to him and say, Jesus, everything, the way I do life, the way I think, I surrender fully to you. You're Lord. You're the creator. I'm the created. I need you. And if you tell me to change jobs, I'll change jobs. If you tell me to, he's not going to tell you to change families. He won't. 
But I'm saying no matter what he says, it might be the simply that he's wanting to say, hey, that place in your heart, that thing, that way of seeing things, I want to I want to I want to touch that. Right. That might be it. But it's making him Lord. You see, when you know that he is good, he's easy to surrender to. He's, it's not like you're going to say, okay, Jesus, now, Lord, you're, you're Lord of my life. What do you want me to do? And he's going to say, hey, go take a long walk on a short pier. It's not what, he's not going to say, hey, go jump off that mountain. He's not, he, he cares for you is what I'm trying to say. He wants, he, Jesus said, I've come that you'd have life and life to the fullest. It doesn't mean he might not ask you hard things that don't make sense, but he walks with you. And if he's asked you to go somewhere, he's already been there. He's already made provision and made a way. But the, our life as a believer is not, doesn't always look like everything is always makes sense and that we always have our 10-step plan about how everything's going to work out. Sometimes walking with him is an adventure. It, it is. Uh, let, me, let me read this. If we could go to the, the I want to read you a passage out of this book. It's called The Apostolic Ministry by Rick Joyner. Really good book. You should read it. We'll get it in the bookstore. Before I read that, I've got some that I put up here, but let me read the first paragraph that's not going to be on the screen. It says this, The power that he, Jesus, has already given to his church is much greater than anything Satan can duplicate with his counterfeits. When the church awakens to the power that the Lord has given to her, even the wildest imaginations in Hollywood will not be able to compete with the reality that God's people are going to experience. Jesus, as the multitudes flocked, hold on, just as the multitudes flocked to Jesus, the multitudes are going to come to the church, which walks in what God has given to her, giving the people true bread from heaven. Then it goes on to say what I've given you guys, you can put it up. The emerging generation must have adventure in their lives. The devil often takes advantage of this need, but God put it there for a reason. The final generations on this earth are going to live the greatest adventure the world has ever known. There is no greater adventure than the true Christian life, and the true Christian life is about to be restored to the earth. Can someone say amen? amen. This true and ultimate adventure is food for the soul. Many try to meet this need with movies and books through which they try to live vicariously, but none of these can ever fully satisfy our longing for this reality in our lives. There is nothing that can satisfy this, this longing like the true Christian life. Let me read a little bit more. It says, we must also understand that this will mean the end of the church as it is now. Radical change is coming, and those who are not discerning enough to see it and become a part of it will not survive much longer. This is not a slam against the church as it is, which has been effective in its time and a powerful salt and light in the earth in its generations. The church is also the mother of the great last day ministry, which is soon to emerge. However, just as Rachel died giving birth to Benjamin, the last son born to Israel, the same will happen to the church when the last day ministry is born. Y'all stay with me. Let me read this last paragraph. We must keep in mind that few biblical types or models fit perfectly with what they are intended to represent. They are parables which are intended to teach us. So just as the Lord is not coming back for literal sheep and goats, we must understand that parables and types have their limits. At the same time, we must always keep in mind that the church is the Lord's bride. It is nearing the end of the church age, and he is coming back for the bride who has been called and is prepared and worthy of him. A major part of the church as we, as we know it is not going to die because it has failed, but because it has succeeded. It will have brought about to birth the ministry that will help the world transition between the church age and the kingdom age. So I want to say to you this, is I believe we are in a moment where we have, the Lord is wanting us to transition to this mentality that we are a part of a kingdom. And that kingdom is meant to influence the entire world. And so it is vital that we each become the authentic person that he has made us to be. That we no longer identify ourselves as, well, I just go to that church. Yes, you do go to that 
church, you're part of that. You're part of the body. But as you go, you are a kingdom carrier. You are a part of a heavenly reality. You are a part of God's solution in the earth. Amen? That should be exciting for us. Should be exciting. If you didn't know it, you are called to so much more than just sitting in this seat and just going home and working a job and doing your thing. You are meant to live a life full of his presence. You see, here's the deal. We, you know, many times I've heard people say, well, we just need the first church. We need the early church. We need the church of Acts. Let me tell you this. This is what was great about the, the church of Acts. This is why they were so effective. They didn't have a model or a plan. They just had dependency on Jesus. That was it. That was it. Each one was fully given to the Lord. They weren't, nobody was waiting on the institution to tell them what to do and how to live. We weren't waiting for the next program. We weren't waiting for the next service. We were living with Jesus, breathing him in, breathing him out, walking with him, knowing that because this Holy Spirit lives in me for me and it rests upon me for others, that wherever I go, I'm a conduit of the very kingdom of God that touches everything, that brings healing, that brings salvation, that brings his goodness. Amen? So you walk into a store, and that store just became better because you walked in. There became potential for breakthrough because you walked in. Your place of business, there's different potential whenever you walk in. There's different ideas. There's, different, there's a different growth strategy because you just walked in, because you carry the solution to heaven, because Jesus wants to demonstrate his kingdom through your life. Listen, Jesus reigns and rules. Do you want to know how he's reigning and ruling in the earth? It's through you. If we don't take up that identity and that mantle and that mandate, then yes, he rules and reigns, but he will, he'll find someone else to do it. It's his heart, it's his desire that his church would rule and reign in the earth. We are meant to rule as what? Kings and priests in the earth. I want to call us higher. I said, no one is excluded from this. I don't want you to get lost in just church world. Go to church, try to be a good person, get baptized. All those are good. It's just not who you are. It doesn't, that, that, doesn't mean, that doesn't mean anything. I think what somebody said that going to church doesn't make you a Christian just as much as going to McDonald's makes you a burger. Right? <laughs> And so I'm saying the gathering is good. We're going to continue to do the gathering. But being the church is what we're called to. If we simply go to church and we don't influence the kingdom, influence the world with the kingdom, then we failed. I think we failed to know adventure. We failed to know real life. Man, can you just think of, you know, as John and Peter, they're walking one day, Right? They're going to the temple to pray, and they see this guy, this crippled man who's asking for money, and they said, look, silver and gold we don't have, but the thing we do have, we give you. I believe the Lord is wanting his church to begin to walk in that way, where it's like, hey, I might not have those things, but the thing that I do have, the very presence and life of Jesus, that I'll give you. It is the time where we actually have something that's eternal that we are giving, not just praying that God would give them something. The truth is, is that he's given you everything that you need to be able to give to the hurting and dying world. Yes, he, he will come to every person he calls, that calls out to him. But he is also and mostly wanting to move through his people and through his body. So what if we didn't gather to go to church, but we gathered as the church? What would services look like? What would meetings look like? How would they change if we gathered as the church as we come? We're not just looking to be talked to. We're not looking just to hear a few good songs, but we're saying I've come as the body 
to come and gather in his presence. I've come to be encouraged. I've come to encourage. And I've come to bless him. Some of you, you come and say, well, I didn't get anything out of church today. It's because you're thinking all wrong. You thought it was about you. Instead of knowing that I've come because I'm a part of something that's much bigger than me. But I'm a part of it. And it's an honor to be a part of it. I was made to be a part of it. So, why do we gather? A few things. I just want to give you a couple practical things. Why do we gather? We gather first and foremost to minister to the Lord, to bless him. That's our highest calling is to bless him, to minister to his heart, to be in his presence. So I come not so that the worship songs can speak to me, but so that I can bless him. Worship is not giving the Lord what you want. It's giving him what he wants. Right? And so we gather with this. I'm, I'm coming I'm sitting in my seat. I've got my family. I love all you guys. Bless you together. Let's direct our attention fully to him. What does he want? What is he? Jesus, what do you want today? What is your desire? Because you are so good. You've been faithful all my life. You've been faithful. You've been good. Thank you for the cross. We come in with thanksgiving. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. Man, Jesus, as I see you, I realize you are so good and you're so kind. You're worthy. I can't help but sing. I'm singing along the song because it's true. You are good. You are faithful. And then, Lord, what do you want? What's on your heart? What do you want me to ask you for? Because if I'm asking your heart as your son, as your daughter, that you can't help but say yes because you're such a good father. But I want to know what you want. What are you doing? What are you up to? Right? So we come first to him. And that's awesome. It's what he wants. We get a lot of clarity there. There's freedom there. Right? So that's the first and foremost, my favorite reason we gather. But we also gather, we gather to be encouraged. We gather, how many of you need encouragement sometime? I believe that should run rampant here. I believe you shouldn't be able to walk into church discouraged and leave not encouraged I believe that courage should be released I believe you walk into the room and as you've set your eyes on him when you set your eyes correctly on him what he's going to do is cause your eyes to be turned outward to see others and how you can release him to them you'll never get a heart for Jesus by trying to serve people but if you learn to have a heart for Jesus, you will have a heart to serve people. Amen? Um, so we encourage one another. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave gifts for what? The encouragement of the body. They should be present. They should be present. They're good. That's why when people get weird with the gifts, I'm saying... You're using it all wrong because I'm not encouraged. I'm actually freaked out by that. <laughs> right? But the gifts are good, and it's the, it's the Spirit of God. If somebody comes to you and they have a word, and it's weird, and it makes you feel distant from God, they probably need to go get the heart of Jesus. You can still say, bless them, bless you, thank you, but I'm going to go listen to Jesus. But whenever you have been listening to him, and you do, the Lord will show you what other people need to hear. I love walking into a room and just saying, Lord, is there anybody here who needs to hear something from you? Right? And, uh, and, and doesn't speak to me for everybody, but sometimes there's one person that's like, hey, I want you to go and minister to their heart. Tell them what I'm saying. And that's beautiful, and that's what it should be. Amen? And that should be all of us. It's not just my job. You've all been given his Holy Spirit, and that he gives gifts. He actually says, Paul says to desire the gifts. Why? It's for the good and the building up of the body. 
right? And the, you having the gift that God's given you is such a unique thing that the body needs. So that's why we gather, is that the Lord loves unity in his spirit. He loves his children gathering. He made you for right relationship with him and right relationship with one another. All right, those are the first two reasons. The next one is that um, the purpose of our gatherings is preaching, teaching, and equipping. The Lord does raise up leaders to preach, teach, and equip the body, what? For good works, for the works of the kingdom. So yes, it's an, yes, you have relationship with the Lord. He's teaching you, but the Lord gives people as gifts to the body to begin to equip the body in kingdom work. A prophet, his, his, his main function is not necessarily to prophesy. His main function is to equip the body in the prophetic. He will prophesy, but the Lord wants that for everybody. Amen? You have part. You have access. You're not left out. You're only left out if you choose to be left out. But for me, I'm saying I'm all in. I'm all in. I just want to be a part of his thing. I could keep going. I wanted to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, but you can go and read 1 Corinthians 12. It's awesome. Y'all good? How many of you want to be the church? It still, it still includes going to church. Let, I'll tell you, let me give you one more scripture. I feel like I need, it, it's needed. Hebrews. Hebrews 10 verse 23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. He's saying this, the Lord designed the body that you would need each other. As you're in the world and you're releasing kingdom, you come and you're around people and you're encouraged and you're filled back up. It is a life of receiving and giving. That's what he's called you to. The only way to, so it's this, we surrender so we can receive and we receive so we can give. And then we go back. It's, it's the constant, constant coming and going. We go in and we go out. That's what it is with the Lord. It is a coming and going. It is, I'm coming in, I'm being refreshed, I'm being restored. I'm being given the very treasures of heaven. And as I go, I'm releasing that in the earth. Not in a weird way, but just by being who he made me to be. Full of joy, full of peace. Knowing this, whatever I carry, because my heart is to release, when I walk into a room, that's what the room gets. The only reason you don't change a room when you walk in is because you're unaware of what you have to give. We walk into a room like this. I got what's mine. I believe the Lord wants us to walk into rooms like this. I know I've got something to give. Paul, why did he say follow me as I follow Christ or imitate me as I imitate Christ or that he told Timothy, his spiritual son, he said, don't forget the gift, the impartation that you received when I laid hands on you. Paul confidently carried this. I have something to give because I know who I've been with. Receiving from the Lord is amazing, but there is nothing like giving away what the Lord has given you. You haven't known adventure until you give away what the Lord has given to you in a way that changes and influences a person's life. It is the greatest adventure. I found from a young age, I never had this desire to go do like crazy things like skydiving or parkour or whatever is on your list. I just, I didn't. It's because from a young age, I found what living really was. I, I, found, I found the joy in driving miles and miles, picking up a bunch of dirty teenagers just to love on them. For me, that was adventure. I didn't have to go do something crazy. I didn't have to go get drunk or do this or that. For me, I was like, I am living an adventure. 
Everything the Lord gives me, it is my great pleasure to give away. And I'm not trying to give in my own strength. It's just that with him, the more I'm with him, it's like I get what I can't contain. Like if I sit here, I'm going to explode. I've got to go and get around some people. Some of you, you've been in his presence and you need to keep on coming, but you've got to start giving it away. You've got to know that you are anointed to give it away. You are called to give it away. It is his, it is his delight to watch you walk in the fullness of who he made you to be living, breathing kingdom, walking around, releasing it in the earth, influencing every realm, right? If the Lord's made you a business owner, well, build a kingdom business. If the Lord's put you in education, release kingdom to children. Show up knowing that you have something that flows through your life. You being in the room, you opening your mouth, it changes things. Whatever job you have, whether it's insignificant or significant, whichever one, release kingdom. If it seems, if it seems like it's not going to make a big difference, still release kingdom. If you don't see any change happen for years and years, still release kingdom. Be with him and release him. So my call to you today is be the church. You don't, you don't need me or anybody else to make call you every day and say, hey, are you being the church? No, you just need to surrender to him. You just need to begin the journey of walking with Jesus. You need to throw off all the things that you know aren't the best for your life. We, that's why Paul, he would tell, or it might've been Peter, but he, he told, church he was writing to he said be alert be alert be aware don't get to a place where you just allow yourself to well this is just life and I'll just take it as it comes no if you knew who you were if you knew who you were if you knew what having his Holy Spirit in you and on you meant you would walk different it's why a group of fishermen on the day of Pentecost, whenever the Holy Spirit came upon their lives, they turned the world upside down. It's because they surrendered, they received, and they said, we gotta give it away. We gotta give it away. Acts chapter one, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you receive power. Power for what? So you can build your own kingdom? No, so you can release him by loving and serving people really well. And as you fix your eyes on Jesus, He's the holy one who makes you holy. Everything you need, it comes from him. Amen? Why don't you stand this morning? Let's do this as a body. And if for you, if you're saying, hey, I'm not there yet, that's okay. But I want us to do this. I want us to come and surrender to him. Saying, Lord, we, we love coming to church, but even more, we love being the church. So today, let's lift our hands to him and surrender. And Jesus, we say this, make us your bride. Come on, let that be your prayer. Make us your bride. I wanna be a part of your body. Everything that that includes. And I want you just to begin to ask the Lord to lead you. Ask him for his leadership for your entire life. You're coming and going. Right now, I just thank you, Lord, that you are causing there to be a great surrender of our hearts and lives to you so that we can be who you made us to be. Lord, even now we repent for simply just going to church. And we today say, Lord, we wanna be the church. The places that you have put us the people that you've placed around, us around. Lord, we want to be the church there, releasing kingdom. Your word says that we are a holy people, a peculiar people, a holy nation. Lord, we wanna walk in that reality. We wanna walk in that. 
So today we give you our lives. Full surrender. Full surrender. If today you say this is that I need to make him Lord of my life, I feel like today we're supposed to do this. If for you, you say, I need surrender, I need to surrender to him as Lord. I've done my own thing. I want you to just tell him, Lord, you are Lord. Come and be Lord of my life. I need you. I can't fix me. I can't do it on my own. I can't make myself right. I need you to make me right. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I'm forgiven. And I'm set free. And now I can become who you always created me to be. So you are Lord, I surrender. If for you, that's where you're at, just tell him I surrender. Make a decision now that forever, your whole life, it's his. And he'll walk with you and he's with you. He'll teach you everything. Receive his Holy Spirit right now. I just thank you, Lord, for those in the room who desire your Holy Spirit. <clears throat> I thank you that they are receiving your Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, come. Rest upon your people. Dwell within your people. I thank you, Lord, for the emerging church. I thank you that as the, we just declare right now as the church goes and as the church lives and breathes, Lord, that this community, that this region that we live in, Lord, that it is forever impacted by the kingdom, that it is forever being transformed into the image of Jesus, that it is forever getting better. It is forever causing new life and new ideas to come forth. We just thank you. I thank you for those. Even Lord, I thank you that you are strategically placing your people in places of influence to bring the kingdom. So I bless your people now in Jesus' name. I bless them with peace and joy. We bless their coming and their going. We bless their families. We bless the times around the dinner table with just the sweetness of your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.